Why do relationships seem so complicated sometimes? Hi, this is Greg, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our current series is called Uncomplicated. It's about seeing relationships clearly. We are made for relationships. In this series, we will find truths that will help fuel healthy, uncomplicated relationships. We hope you enjoy. Uh, which the man probably had the same response as you did, but not out loud. And he thought for a moment and gave the clever response, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. She looked at him and said, what does that mean? The wheels are turning quickly again. A stands for adorable. B, beautiful. C, cute. D, delightful. E, energetic. F, fun. G, gorgeous. H, hot. And he sat there and just looked at her with a big smile on his face. And she said, well, thank you, honey. But what about I, J, and K? He smiled and said, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Relationships can be a bit complicated, can't they? (laughs) And we started a series last week called Uncomplicated, Seeing Relationships Clearly. And just to remind you, as we shared last week, we're not talking about just the romantic relationship. We're talking about all relationships. We're talking about the relationship between pastor and parishioner, coach and and athlete. We're talking about mother and daughter. We're talking about father, son. We're talking about boss and employee. We're talking about husband and wife. We're talking about every kind of relationship. And yes, Oftentimes, when we think relationship, we think complication. But in this series, we're going to find hope in the word uncomplicated because relationships don't always have to be so complicated. Amen? Let's pray. God, it is good to be in your house, and it's good not to be that man in that story. God, thank you for um, just loving us at where we're at and um, bringing us to where you want us to be. Lord, we're all working this journey. We're all working this process. God, help us. Help us to have open hearts and open minds today. And God, I am praying specifically for each one of our, 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 our hearts that we would, we would see something new, something fresh, especially in regards to relationship, especially for my friends that are really struggling with that, maybe even on the way to church even to here today. God, help me. Help me to be present. Help me to do my best in communicating your word. God, I love you. Uh, We love you. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said. So what I want to do, and I don't typically do this, but I think it's so important for this relationship series that we, we recap last week. 
And, and for some of you, this is just going to be uh, just reminding us of some of the truths we learned last week. And for those of you that uh, weren't with us last week, this is going to be a real quick snip, uh, a real quick look at some of the foundational truths for relationship. And the first one, and, uh, and again, if, if, if you walk this through in your heart and mind and see if you remember this, the first one that I said last week is we are built for what? We're built for relationship. And, and we took a look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and we see that God created light and God created the heavens and the earth and God created the animals and God created all this stuff. But then we find out that, that when it came to us, he said, man, it is not good for man to be what? It's not good for man to be alone. And so the scripture suggests to us that we are built for relationship, whether you want to or not. You know, I, I thought it was funny. All three services last week when I said, you know, would you rather just go hide in a corner? There was a lot of responses to that. You know, I'm just so much better off if I just run from relationships. But the truth is you're not. And that's why scripture says the devil roams around like a lion seeking to devour. And we know the characteristic about a lion is it doesn't go after packs, it goes after the one that's all alone. We are not meant to be alone. Can we have moments in a day, moments in a week, moments in a month where we're alone? Amen. That's called retreating. That's called recharging the battery. But the truth is we can't run from relationships just because they're so complicated. We are built for relationship. The second truth that we learned last week is that the most important, I said, you know, you may, this might be a controversial statement, but I said the most important relationship is with who? It's with yourself. And, and I know a lot of us uh, gave the word God, and I think that's awesome. Matthew chapter 22, we saw that Jesus is asked what's the greatest commandment, and he responds with love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So it's love God, which is relationship. And then he says, love your neighbor, which is relationship also. But we spend a lot of time on this as yourself. And, and again, you don't have to agree with me, but I suggested that if we don't love ourselves, we, we have a hard time loving God and loving others. We can't give something that we don't have. And so it's not loving self in an arrogant, prideful way to where you strive to be the time person of the year kind of stuff and look at me and all my accolades and all my awards and all my degrees. No, that's an unhealthy pride. But it's unhealthy for us to look at ourselves as trash. It's unhealthy to look at ourselves as less than. And I think there's so many in our world and so many in the three services that sit here and maybe even on the stage that look at ourselves less than at times. And so last week we talked about the most important relationship is with yourself. It's not who you are, but whose you are. Amen? And then we talked really quickly about uh, the benefits of relationship. And we looked at Ecclesiastes, the passage where, where it says the three chords are, are better than one. And we see the benefits of what happens when we're in relationship. So there's the foundation. So now I get to share with you the first of three keys. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to share one key that I've learned. So I want to give you a little history, a little background. I, I didn't learn this in a class. I, I learned it in life. Okay? I didn't ever read this in a book. I learned it mostly in my office meeting with you. 30 years of ministry, uh, I don't even know how many years ago. It was about four or five years ago where I came to this conclusion that I think there's three keys to having a healthy relationship. And oftentimes in the context of marriage is where this came out, but as I've tested it across all relationships, I think it's the same three keys that are important for every relationship. Are you ready for that? 
So today I get to share with you the very first key, and then next week the second key, and then the third key. The, the first key is this, to a healthy relationship. Are you ready? Yes? yes. All right. What's the sermon title? Front of your bulletin. It takes three. It takes three. You're like, what? Here it is. Christ. Write it down. Christ. The key to any relationship, coach, athlete, pastor, parishioner, husband, wife, son, uh, sisters, brothers, all that kind of stuff, the key is Christ. Now, can you have a relationship outside of Christ? Absolutely. Knock yourself out trying. I've been there, done that. How about you? But the key to any healthy relationship, it starts with Jesus Christ. If Christ is at the center of the relationship, you've got a better chance than you do without Christ at the center of the relationship. If anyone agrees with that, I want to hear an amen. Amen. Now, I want you to think through this because it really is true. And I know some of you out there are like, but I can't make the other person come to Christ. You're right. But the responsibility and relationship is not on the other person, it's on us, right? It's being the best us that we could be, bringing the best us to the table. And so that starts with you and I saying yes to Jesus Christ. I want you to be, uh, open up your Bibles, and if you need one, uh, raise your hand. These fine gentlemen are going to make their way down, and uh, we're going to take a look at uh, breaking down this whole idea of Christ. Um, go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation is the very last book in your Bible, if you're having a hard time finding it. Um, we're going to go to verse 20, and if you don't have one of these uh, highlighted red Bibles, uh, anytime your Bible is in red, at least the red version Bible, that means Jesus is speaking. So Jesus is speaking, in this case, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. You ready? He says, here I am. I stand at the door and what? I stand at the door and what? I stand at the door and knock. That was long before they had the ring system where you can look at your phone and see who's there. I stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice, and I think it's key, if who? If anyone, it doesn't matter your color, it doesn't matter your background, it doesn't matter your education, it doesn't matter your financial status, it doesn't matter your height, it doesn't matter your weight. No matter who you are, this passage is for you. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, so there's an action, I will come in and eat with that person and they will with me. This is an oftentimes quoted passage in the context of what I'm talking about here. But it's so important that we don't let this passage just run over our head or that we don't fall asleep because we've read this passage a billion times. I want you to look at this fresh and anew. This is Jesus Christ speaking to each and every one of you individually. Let's say this again together. Ready? Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's an incredible promise for you. Even you that thinks you are not all that, God thinks you're all that. Even you that thinks that you've messed up so much that Jesus would not want anything to do with your life, even you, he wants something to do with your life. 
And even you that thinks you're all that, that you've done everything and accomplished everything and you don't need no Jesus, he's there for you too. Because he's for everybody. And he desires a relationship with everybody. Can I get an amen on that? Now again, for those of you that are Christ followers, I've been there, done that, made that decision. No, 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 no. It's a decision we make every day. Have you let him in today? And for that person that's never even heard this before, have you let him in today? It has nothing to do with your grandma praying for you for 25 years. Praise God for grandmas that pray for you. You can't run from a praying grandma, amen? But guess what? Your grandma could do everything in the world for you, but she can't, she can't make you open up the door for Jesus. That's on you. So there's an action. And, and, and the action is this. There's only one handle on this door. And guess whose side it's on? It's on our side. It's on our side. Jesus is not bashing down the door. He doesn't have one of those FBI kind of, you know, ram machines that's going to knock that thing down. How many of you have someone in your life you wish you could just jam that thing and break that door down for them? Because they're so stubborn. Maybe you're that person here today. Jesus is standing there. He says, I want that, I want that, I want that relationship. In the context of 2020, he sent the Facebook friend request. But there's no relationship until you push accept. Have you opened up the door for Jesus Christ? Are you still opening up the door? Because when we talk about healthy relationships with everybody out there that we're going to come in contact with, the most important key is your relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, I don't get this. I want you to turn to Luke. Luke chapter 9. Actually, 19. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. I'm going to personally start with verse 9. It says, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. Now verse 10. For the Son of Man, for the Son of Man came to seek and what? He came to seek and save the lost. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, this, this, this is why Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Because whether you know it or not, you and I are lost. If we haven't reconnected with our Heavenly Father, we're lost. And no wonder we're walking in darkness. No wonder we're walking in confusion. No wonder we're walking in relationship drama. Because left to our own, we're going to make a mess out of things. Why? Because when messy comes into relationship with messy, all you get is messy. When broken comes into relationship with broken, all you get is what? Broken. When lost comes into relationship with lost, all you get is lost. By the way, how many have ever been in a car lost with somebody? <laughs> Pre-Siri days. Pre-Ways days. But even they get you lost at times, Amen. And I, I know I'm pounding on this, but this is core to everything, my friends. We can't do this without Jesus. 
Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost because when we read Genesis, it says that we're, it's not good for man to be alone, but you can remember God created man in his image. And so if we're compassionate like God and we're, we're perfect at that time like God and we're just like God and we're all these wonderful characteristics of God, but then evil came into the garden, right? And then evil began to make its way in between our relationship and God. And all of a sudden we're introduced to this idea of sin. And sin is just simply doing the very opposite of what God will want us to do. And so because there's sin, now in the relationship between us and God, God is perfect and holy and can't have sin in his presence. And therefore, in Isaiah, it says, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities or your sin have caused him to turn his back. Because God is perfect, he can't have sin in his presence. And so there's this, there's this chasm, there's this, this void, there's this distance, there's this separation between us and God. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And we get back to this passage and it says in Luke 19 that Jesus came to seek and what? Save that which was lost. He's, he's, he's there to bring us back into right relationship with God the Father. He's the bridge between us. And this only happens if we open up the door and say yes to that relationship with Jesus Christ. Is this making sense to you? Again, I ask you the question, have you said yes to Jesus? See, lost, he came to seek and save the lost. If you look at Luke chapter 15, it's the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost son. And that whole section it simply states this, that lost people matter to God, therefore they ought to matter to us. Amen? How many of us at one time or another were lost? Okay, there's a few of us. Great. The rest of you are all that. You're still in the denial back in Egypt, right? (laughs) How many of us were lost? And now we're found because of Jesus Christ. Don't ever take that for granted. Church, I'm I'm preaching from a a tender tender heart today. Um, You know, we all experience uh, hardship and we all experience difficulties and we all experience death and it affects us different ways. And I don't know, I, I just wonder because I'm older now, 51, that, that I'm gonna experience more and more death because my age. And I think those of you that are older know exactly what I'm talking about, you know? Um, you don't experience as much of that when you're 20 because your friends aren't usually... But I just found out Thursday that a, a, a friend of mine um, suddenly passed away while getting gas at a gas station. And uh, he was a, a friend of our church. He was a member of our church for, for a long time. Played a lot of basketball with him. Played, I spent a lot of Sunday afternoons with this guy. And it just, um, I'm not able to shake it. I'm just gonna shoot real straight with it. I just, it's just affected me. And... Um, so when I, when I share this this morning, I, I share it with an urgency. I don't want any of you to walk out of here today not opening up the door to Jesus Christ. He loves you. 
He is the answer to not just relationship junk, but to all stuff. He is the light and the hope of this world. And I have to tell you, stop screwing around with that decision if you're continuing to put it off. The day to say yes is today. Many say they will make the decision in the 11th hour, but die in the 10th. And for those of you that have made that decision at one point in your life, that's great. But are you saying yes to Jesus today? He loves you. He is the answer. And some would say, well, how do I have a relationship? I I don't have his Facebook account. I'm not on his Instagram. I don't know how to text him. I don't know how to talk to him. And I, I say, that's a great question. You know how you have a relationship? It's just like you have a relationship here on this earth. It's T-I-M-E. You don't have a relationship unless you invest time into that person. And it's the same with Jesus Christ. Don't bank on my relationship for you, and I can't bank on your relationship. I could be encouraged by it, but are you putting in that time? And how do you put that time into that relationship? Prayer. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Philippians four, six says, do not be anxious about what? Anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Don't worry about if you fold your hands, if you kneel on one knee, if you throw up one arm or two arms, if your eyes are closed, if your head is bowed. Don't worry about all that stuff because God's not worried about that stuff. He just wants hang time with you. And prayer is just communicating your heart with his heart. And he can handle all of your anger. He can handle all your love. He can handle all your questions. He can handle all of your answers. He can handle it all because he's God Almighty. He just wants hang time with you. He just wants to talk to you. He just like my son the other day. He's like, Dad, let's just hang out. At 26 years old, you hang out with your son. Then he says, well, let's hang out. And there's nothing greater, by the way, as, as kids... For your parents, as you are grown-up adults, that your kid, as a grown-up adult, says, let's hang out. And if that's cool for me, it's way better for God. How do you have that relationship? It's prayer with God Almighty. And it's reading his word. Pastor John hit on this a couple of weeks ago, and he's 100% right. You look at Psalms chapter 1. And then you could also read uh, Psalms 119. I mean, that's the expanded version of it. But you go to Psalms chapter 1, and in verse 1, he, he, the psalmist says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the, with, with the wicked. Did you catch that, church? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or take or sit in the company of mockers. Here it is, verse two. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. My friends, how do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? It's through prayer and reading his word. It's putting this book in your heart. And you don't think that's going to affect your relationships? I dare you to try it. I dare you to try it. So here we are. 
back to the first key of what Pastor Rob thinks will help and make for healthy relationships, it takes three. Again, you can't worry about that third one, but you could bring the other two. And by the way, Christ has got it all figured out. He's good to go. You don't have to fix him. But you bring the best you, and you bring Jesus, you're on the way to a really good, healthy relationship. And all God's people said, you know why I know this is true? Just this week, I had an individual in my office that's been coming to the church for a little over a year now. And this person just, with tears, shared about how they've known God for most of their life, but have really taken it serious over this last year. And they, with a box of Kleenex, shared about how it's changed their marriage, changed them as a parent to their children, and changed their life at work. Why? Because they took Jesus Christ serious. Don't be afraid to take Jesus Christ serious. I dare you. Which leads to, when you say yes to Jesus, go to Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38. And some of you are like, how do you say yes to Jesus? Well, this helps too. Peter, uh, Jesus has has conquered death. He's up in heaven. Peter is preaching uh, the first sermon, and he's preaching much what I just preached, but mainly to a Jewish audience. And uh, in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, 237 says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter replied what? Let's say this together. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's exciting when you continue to read on, you're gonna see that over 3,000 gave their lives to Christ that day. Can you imagine what that was like? But here it is. How, how, do I, how do I make this relationship official? Remember in high school, maybe for some of you who were so advanced, it was junior high, but you're, guys, you're dating that girl, and this is the famous words to make it official. You ready? Will you go with me? Guys, I was quivering the first time I said that. Will you go with me? And then it's official, right? Well, you don't need to be doing none of that with Jesus. He's good to go. He doesn't need that. But Peter says they were cut to the heart. They want this relationship. And he says repent, which means about face, change, change of heart. And be what? And be baptized, which baptismo is the word there, which is, is the word uh, for, for immersion. It's not just a little sprinkling. It's not a little cute little thing. It's full immersion that's saying, this is my commitment to you, Lord. You made the commitment on the, Christ, on the cross to me. I'm making the commitment to you. And my question would be, have you called on his name? Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you repented and been baptized? If not, why not? And again, come talk to me. Mark it on your card. Talk to one of the pastors. Say this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my T's and dotting the I's. Amen? But you know what's awesome about this passage? It says, uh, for the, we get baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Church, that leads me to the second point today of Christ being key to relationships. Is not only have you, do you have a relationship with Christ, now you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in the Christian church, we don't talk much about that. And, and, and we need to, but, but there's a balance, I think. I think, you know, we don't want to be over here like this kind of church, and we don't want to be over here like this kind of church, and so sometimes we go, you know, to the extreme. But I want to tell you, you and I have access to the greatest power in the world. And you as a Christ follower have it in you. Did you know that? You and I have the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit if we've said yes to Jesus Christ. And and we're gonna unpackage this in a little bit as to why that's so valuable and so important. But look at Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Oh, this is good. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? So now that we've given our our life to Christ, therefore, there's no uh, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's an amazing promise. And then you go all the way to verse 10. Uh, So you're in Romans chapter 8, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised, oh, this is so good. And if, check this out. And if this, are you ready? And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And all God's people said, that means the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, when you've said yes to Jesus, you have that same Holy Spirit power in your body. And my question is, are you using it? If you don't use it, you lose it. And the truth is, I think we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're reminded again here that that same power that raised Jesus is in us. And think about this. If you take your relationship with Christ, your relationship with the Holy Spirit into relationships, don't you think they might be a little different? Don't you think they'll be a little different? Did you notice this glove I have up here? It's a cool glove. I did this about, gosh, it's over 20 years ago. It's kind of fun. I did this illustration. And uh, as I'm doing the illustration, I'm looking out in the audience, and there's Eric Davis. So some of you don't even know who that is, one of the greatest baseball players in the 90s. And uh, so I just got one of those flashbacks, sorry. Ended up becoming a member of him and his family here at the church for a long time. But I want you to look at that glove. If I gave you all a baseball and you threw the baseballs at that glove, how many baseballs do you think will end up in that glove? You guys are so smart in the front row. (laughs) Not that you're not smart in the back row, I just can't hear it. The answer is none, unless something magically happened. But you see, that glove is a piece of leather just sitting there on that table. But what happens to this glove is it comes really different when I put my hand in it. Are you with me, church? 
And I'm not saying that if every one of you had a ball that I was going to catch every one of them. But I can pretty much guarantee if I gave four or five balls there and I said one at a time, you throw it over here, I could run over there and probably catch it and over here and over here and I could maybe make some good misses, but I'd make some good catches. But all of a sudden, this piece of leather that was powerless becomes what? Powerful when my hand is in here. What are you talking about? Some of you are still looking at me like, what? Let me translate it for you. That's your life. This, this Holy Spirit inside your life is a game changer. So many of us are living like that. And that's great. I'm a glove. Look at me. You take the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives and it could do some amazing things. It could help you forgive in relationships that you need to forgive in. It could help you give patience. It could help you give kindness in the context of relationships. It could get you out of bed when you don't want to get out of bed. My question is, are you living out that Holy Spirit relationship? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to do what it's designed to do in your life? I also think of the garden hose. I'm weird. (laughs) But I always think of a garden hose coming into my heel, all right? And that's like the Holy Spirit. And what happens when you have a kink in a garden hose? You have all kinds of power and all kinds of resource and all kinds of water just building up, but you don't have anything at the end of the hose. Why? Because there's a kink in it. Or in this case, if the Holy Spirit is, I'm not saying this, God, I'm just using this as an illustration, but if it's, you know, right there coming through the bottom, so many of us are stepping on it that the Holy Spirit has no, no access into living inside of us and allowing, allowing the power to flow through us. The first key to a healthy relationship is Christ. And with that is, do you have a relationship with Christ? And secondly, if you have a relationship with Christ, do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And what I simply mean by that is, are you aware of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to do things that you can't do? Are you unleashing the power in your life of the Holy Spirit? And all God's people said? I recently had a privilege when I told you my son asked to hang out, and I'm like, yeah, and then long story short, there's a lot of things that happen, but a week and a half ago, my son and I, on a Friday on my day off, were able to play Sherwood Country Club. That must mean nothing to the majority of you, but Sherwood Country Club is all that. Like, it's got only like 300 plus members. Most of them you would know by name because that's who they are, and it's just hoity-toity. It's an amazing course, but you can only get on there if you have access to it through knowing the right person. So we got to spend an afternoon there playing golf. Awful golf, but we got to play golf. (laughs) What's my point there? You have access to the Holy Spirit because you know Jesus Christ. Take advantage of that, which leads to the last point impact on relationship. You say yes to Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit in your life, that's gonna impact your relationships. Why do you know that, Pastor? Well, look at Galatians. 
Galatians, let's go to chapter five. Galatians chapter five says this. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Have you found yourself in here yet? Envy, drunkenness, orgies. Have you? No. And the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't you think that's stepping on the hose right there? That's saying, you know what, Christ, I I don't have you in my life, or maybe I've said yes to you, but I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through it. It's the acts of of flesh. But then verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, oh, there it is. Here's what we have when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Let's say these together. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Church, silly question, but not so silly. Again, I ask, wouldn't you and I's relationships be different if they were Holy Spirit-led? Could you imagine having kindness and goodness and faithfulness and love where you can't conjure that up, but through the Holy Spirit, it could happen? Friends, if we, if we take this information today and apply it to our lives, it could be life-changing. And that's what I want to close with. I want to ask you, have you said yes to Jesus Christ? And if you haven't, make today that day. Secondly, for those of you that have said yes to Jesus Christ, are you allowing his Holy Spirit to work in your life? If not, why not? And lastly, are you seeing the benefits of what the Holy Spirit can do in and through you in your relationships? Father in heaven, help me, help us to not live life with the hand outside the glove, but that we would allow you and the Holy Spirit to fill us and therefore change all relationships. That's my prayer for my life and our lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said. Remember, Lord, your tender mercies and your love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day.